that's really our theme for um, the next hour or so. Jesus, thank you. We want to learn to be people who say thank you. And it's one of those um, things that we find all over the Bible. Um, Johnny read at the start, Psalm 100. It says in Psalm 100, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And that phrase comes up again and again and again in the Bible. In fact, if you want something to do this evening on a cold winter's night, why not Google that phrase, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. See how many times it comes up. See all the different scenarios, sometimes when they're going into battle, sometimes when the temple is fulfilled, all sorts of opportunities when God's people come together and they give thanks to God. That's what God's people do, right? We give thanks to God because he's good and his love endures forever. And if, you just, um, if you've got a Bible and you turn uh, a few Psalms later to Psalm 106, you'll see it again. Um, Psalm 106, verse 1 says this. This isn't going to surprise you now. I've sort of spoiled it. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Psalm 107 starts. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. This is a big deal. And as God's people, we need to learn to give thanks. And I think we need to learn it because... The reality is it doesn't always come naturally to us. We are not, by nature, thankful. We don't always find that easy. Um, it's always about this time of year, I remember as a, um, as a boy, that there'd be a, there'd be a morning when my, one of my, my mum or dad would say, right, today we're going to do thank you letters. We've had all these lovely presents from people, and now we're going to write the thank you letters. It was hard. That was a hard morning. A whole morning of being thankful, of being grateful. And there, I mean, there were points in that morning when I genuinely remember thinking to myself, I'm not sure it was worth it. I'm just not sure that these presents were worth this much pain and suffering. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird how much we have to teach, you know, parents teach their children to say thank you. It's one of the words, there, there aren't many, but there are a few words which grown-ups constantly say to children, what do you say? Thank you. I remember doing that when, when our kids were little. What do you say? One of them had been given a present and we said, what do you say? And he looked with a slightly panicked expression on his face and he went, Sorry? You know, I, I know there's one of the words. It's either sorry, thank you, or please. I can't remember which one it is. But we're constantly trying to get our children to say thank you because by nature, thankfulness doesn't flow out of us. There are other things that flow out of us, which I don't have to, which parents don't teach their kids to say, but they seem to say quite naturally and quite on their own. And we can be like that too. We need to learn to be people who give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. It is a command. It is an invitation. It's our responsibility and joy today to be able to give thanks to him. 
And what I want to do is just, um, like Johnny said, break up this service in a slightly different way today. I hope this will be helpful to you. I hope it will draw out, I hope God by his spirit will draw each of us out in thankfulness. Even if perhaps we've come this afternoon or we're watching at home and we don't feel very thankful, I hope this afternoon that God by his spirit would change our hearts and draw us out in thankfulness to him. I mean, come on, you've made the effort to be here, those of you, sorry, just a second, those of you who are here, you've made the effort to be here, you might as well make the most of this. And you've tuned in, you might as well make the effort of asking God to change your heart this afternoon, to draw you out in thankful praise of him. But we're going to do it slightly differently. Um, I've got three big things I want us to think about why thankfulness matters. We're going to break those up with videos and songs to help us this afternoon to, as a church family, thank God. Here's the first reason why uh, thankfulness really matters for God's people. And that is, it's because this is what he saved us for. He saved us so that we would be thankful. Now, let, let me... Um, Let me be really clear. We're not just thankful because he saved us. It's what he saved us for. Um, Let me try and unpack this because you may not quite see why that matters. Do you know, one of the ways that the Bible describes sin, one of the ways that the Bible describes our problem as human beings is that we don't thank God. So um, in Romans chapter 1, when the writer Paul tries to unpack and show what's wrong with humanity, one of the phrases he says is this. He says, this is um, Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. It says, although they knew God, this is talking about humanity, God has shown himself in creation. Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. You see, when we think of sin, we can tend to think of the bad stuff, the naughty stuff, the stuff we know is wrong, the things we shouldn't do, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Actually, the Bible says, no, at the heart of our sin is a failure to thank God. Like the little child who can't be bothered to write a thank you letter to Aunt Ethel for the socks that she sent again this year. We can't be bothered to turn and thank the God who gave us life, who gave us everything. He created us. He gave us this beautiful world. And we want his gifts, but we don't want him. They neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him. You see, that is at very root what is wrong with us. And you know, that is why it's so hard to get kids to say thank you. It's why it's so hard to get us to say thank you. Because sin at the very heart of our lives is anti-gratitude. So, here's, so let, let's think of Aunt Ethel and her socks. She's taken all this trouble. She's given you the socks. And uh, you can't be bothered to write a thank you letter. What does she do in response? Perhaps she thinks to herself, well, ungrateful wretch never sending them socks again. And that's the end of it. That's the end of Aunt Ethel's sock-giving dynasty, and you're on your own with cold feet. 
What's God's response? To human beings who have not thanked him. Do you know, when, when you stop and think about all the things that you have had this year, all the things that you have enjoyed, all the things, even in a tough year, And how slow we are to thank God. Even, even us who know him. How slow we are to thank him. What does God do with ungrateful people? I'll tell you what he does. He saves them. God saves ungrateful people. It's what he does. So if you go back to Psalm 106. Um, if you've got that open anywhere near you. Or you just listen if, if you haven't got it. But Psalm 106, that psalm that says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. It's a psalm that goes on to tell the history of Israel, God's people. And it talks of all that God has done for them. Um, But the psalmist says, We have sinned, even as our ancestors did. This is verse 6. We've done wrong and acted wickedly. When our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses, and they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Do you hear it? They didn't remember. They forgot. They ignored him. They they took his kindnesses, but they didn't thank him. That's what a rebellious people do. It's rebellion to not thank God. So what did God do? Verse 8, Yet he saved them for his name's sake to make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea and it dried up. He led them through the depths of the desert. He saved them from the hands of the foe, from the hands of the enemy. He redeemed them. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them survived. Then God's people believed his promises and sang his praise. But they soon forgot what he'd done and did not wait for his plan to unfold. You see, this is the the story of God's people over and over again. Unthankfulness. And so what does God do? He punishes them. He sends them into exile. But to cut a long story short, if you jump to the end of the psalm, and I think I've put this on the screen, listen to how the psalm ends. Save us, Lord our God. Gather us from the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. I want you to see the connection between being saved and thanking God. Why does God save people so that they will thank him? You see, thankfulness is what you're saved to do. Sin is about refusing to thank God. Salvation is about God saving a people who will thank him like they were created to thank him. At the start of a new year, like 2021, we can often think, oh, I wonder what God's will is for me this year. Uh, you know, I wonder what God's plans are. What is it that God wants for me? What is God's great purpose for my life? Well, I can save you a lot of angst because I can tell you. You ready? I'm about to tell you God's will for you in 2021. This is worth listening to. This is it. This is God's will. It comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Here it is. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What did God save you for? What is God's great purpose for your life in 2021? That you'd say thank you to him. That's surprising. 
and profound. Thankfulness is part of being God's people. It's a beautiful thing. And I want you to notice that this is a thankfulness in all circumstances. You see, so often our thankfulness is tied to our circumstances, right? It's easy to be thankful to God when he gives us loads of good things. It's easy to be thankful to God when life is fine and fun and happy. But it's hard to be thankful for God, to God after a year like 2020. It's harder. But the reason we can be thankful in every circumstance is because, remember, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. His goodness hasn't changed. His love hasn't changed. Therefore, we give thanks. So Globe Church, let's be a church who thank him, overflow with thankfulness, who cultivates a habit of thankfulness, who say to him, Lord, I don't want to be an ungrateful child. I want to be, by your spirit, overflowing with thankfulness this year. Um, We're going to move on and see our second big thing. We thought that giving thanks to God is what we were saved for. Here's a second reason why I think thankfulness really matters uh, and why it's so important for us as Christians to pursue thankfulness. The second thing is um, that it helps us to notice things. That is that thankfulness, cultivating a habit of thankfulness helps us to go through life and to notice what's going on around us, to see things that we otherwise wouldn't see. I want you to imagine you're in a a brightly lit room, and it's dark outside, but it's brightly lit in the room. And then someone says, let's go outside and look at the stars. You say, yeah, great, let's look at the stars. Who doesn't like looking at stars? Let's all go. And you go outside, and you wander outside, and you look up to the sky, and it just looks black. Nothing there. You go, ah, oh, there's no stars. And you wander back inside. Do you see what's happened is not that there is no stars in the sky, it's just you can't see them. And you can't see them because your eyes have been blinded by the light. What you need is you need to spend some time outside in the dark. Get, so this all sounds a little bit wrong. Get away from the light and move the dark. Work with the illustration. It'll be fine. But you need to let your eyes adjust. You need to let your eyes adjust to see what's actually there. And as you wait, you see a star. And then you see another. And then more and more fill your vision. Thankfulness is like that. You see, what happens is we go through life and, and we sort of we go, what are you thankful to God for? Oh, I, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm thankful. I don't know. I'm thankful that... I'm still alive, I guess. I'm th- uh, and you can't think of anything. You ever had that experience? You think I'm going to spend some time thanking God. And you get going, but after about a minute, you run out of things. I can't think of anything else. And what's happened is that you, we don't notice all the things that are happening, all the things that God is doing, all the things that are going on that should be drawing out of us thankfulness and praise. I was chatting to someone just before the service. I think it is remarkable. I think when we are in eternity, I think we will be amazed 
to see the stars of what God did while we were here. And we couldn't see it. What God is doing and thankfulness helps us to notice things. James says um, in his letter in the New Testament, he says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift that we have. But the danger is that we can go through life and rather than see and notice and be drawn out in thankfulness, actually what we see is all the things we don't have. We get frustrated and we get disappointed and we get angry and we get bitter. And we almost act as though we are entitled to the good things. You see, what if our eyes could see more clearly what God is doing in this world and it drew us back to him in thankfulness. Let me um, share you with, with you a story from Luke's gospel, um, which I hope will help to make this, this point a little bit more. Um, in, in Luke's gospel, um, in Luke chapter 17, we're told this really interesting story. And we haven't got time to unpack this in loads of detail. I just want you to see one thing from this story. Uh, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Um, he traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Isn't it an interesting story? There were ten of them. Only one came back to say thank you. Only one of them allowed gratitude, thankfulness to draw him to Jesus. The others took the cleansing but walked away. And Jesus has a very special word for this one who came back. A very special promise. He says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now hold on a second. Weren't the other nine cleansed as well? Was it at that point they suddenly all got their leprosy back? Now, I think what Jesus is saying to this man is something deeper. He says, yeah, you, you were all cleansed of leprosy, but you've experienced something more. You, you have noticed, and that noticing has drawn you to Jesus in thankfulness, and this man has experienced a deeper wellness. This word that Luke uses for made you well it is the same word as he's saved. Your faith has saved you. Here is a man who, because he noticed what Jesus has done and it drew him to Jesus in thankfulness, he now experiences a deeper wellness, a deeper healing, a deeper salvation. And what if in this coming year we are drawn to Jesus in thankfulness to come and say to him, Jesus, 
thank you that we walk through life and we see it, we notice it, we, we see what's going on around us. There's an old hymn, it's completely out of fashion now, that says, count your blessings one by one. Name them one by one and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Here's, here's some um, ideas practically. You say, well, what does this look like? I think it takes time. It takes time for your eyes to adjust to see the stars. So why not set aside some time to do this? One way that um, we've got into the habit of doing it as a family um, on New Year's Eve, I'm not saying this is a great way of doing it, but every New Year's Eve, on, we take the letters of the alphabet and we try and think of something we can thank God for for each letter of the alphabet. And it's terrific because it forces us to slow down and stop and think. And we thank God every year for xylophones. I mean, when was the last time you stopped to thank God for the great gift that xylophones are to the world? Because we do it every year, unless someone's broken a bone and then it's x-rays. It's brilliant if someone breaks a bone. It's like, yes, we've got an x. Um, But seriously, it slows you down. It makes you stop. It makes you think. And it... It leads you to, to thank God. Okay, here's another way of doing it. Why not think of the people in church? You see, yes, we thank God for who he is, but we also thank God for what he's doing. Why not thank God for the people around you, the people you see in church? You could spend a long time thanking God, surely, if you have a list of names of people in church in front of you. And the reason I suggest that is because that's not my idea. That's what the Apostle Paul did. In most of his letters, as he writes to the churches, he says, I always, I always thank my God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and I pray for you because I've seen your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. I, I'm thanking God for you. That's thankfulness. How thankful have we been for one another this year? How thankful have we been to God where we've said to God, thank you, thank you for this person. Thank you for what they're doing. Thank you for what you're doing in their life. Noticing. Would we ask that God would help us this year to notice and draw out of us thankfulness? The third thing um, I just wanted to share with you about thankfulness um, is that thankfulness is important because it fights against our pride. Um, It's what we're saved to do. It helps us to notice things. And it also fights against our pride. And what I mean by that is that when I say thank you to someone, I'm acknowledging I need you. I'm acknowledging that I'm not a superhero. I'm acknowledging that I am not an independent being. This is why thankfulness is hard, because we like to think that we can cope on our own. But actually, when I truly say thank you to someone... I'm saying you have done what I needed you to do and I'm so thankful to you and thankful to God for you. So as we say thank you to God and as we say thank you to one another, we are acknowledging our own weakness. In fact, and this is the genius of this, I think, the very act of saying thank you feels so pathetically weak. When someone has done something incredible for you, And you turn around and say, thank you. It just feels so weak, doesn't it? That's not enough. 
Because everything in us wants to sort of pay back. Everything in us wants to deserve this kindness we've been shown. Everything else wants to earn it. It's like that moment that probably most of us have experienced this Christmas when someone has given us a present that we weren't expecting. We didn't know our friendship operated on a present-giving level. There was a misunderstanding in this. We thought we were a non-present-giving friendship, and we were chilled with that. Suddenly, you give me a present. It's like, this has raised the stakes. Now what do I do? Now I have to run around my house looking for a present to give back, wrap up and say, yes, I got you something too. Why do we do that? We do it because thank you is not enough. Because instinctively, we feel like we need to do more than just say thank you. It's the genius of saying thank you. Thank you is weakness. Thank you is not impressive. Thank you is not paying back. Thank you is just receiving as a weak beggar. Thank you. And it honors God more than you would ever know. What dishonors God is when we act as though we can pay him back, when we act as though we can deserve what he's given us. No, we can't deserve it. We could never earn it. So embrace the weakness of thank you. Embrace the weakness of receiving something that you don't deserve. Thank you. Sometimes we fall into that trap of thinking that our thank you needs to be glorious and grand in order to impress God. You know, we need to be very careful of gratitude as being a motive for our obedience this year. You know, I should obey God because I'm just so thankful to him and I, and I owe it to him. No, that's not how thank you works. Thank you is a full stop at the end of it. Thank you is it. What God asks of you this year is that you would thank him. Full stop. Not that you would show it in your wonderful acts of devotion and by reading through the Bible in a year and by having a quiet time and by giving more money and by being more committed at church. None of those things is what God is demanding of you. He's saying, just thank me. All of those things are privileges that we get to enjoy because we're one of his people. It's my privilege to be able to more, read more of his word. It's my privilege to be able to give. It's not my thanks to him. Thank you is a full stop that receives what God has given and says thank you. So let it humble us. Let the very pathetic weakness humble us. When you feel guilty this year and you feel like you've sinned and you feel like you've failed massively and you wonder how God could ever forgive you, you get on your knees and you say, Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I trust you. That's it. You don't then make it up to him in all sorts of other ways. You just say thank you. It hum it's so humbling because it feels so weak. And yet that's what God saved us for.
Let's embrace the weakness and futility and humility of thank you. And that's true in our relationships with one another as well. When someone does something for you, when someone serves you in some way, say thank you. I remember um, once being out for, for dinner with some people and one of the people around the table wanted to pay for everyone's dinner. It was fascinating watching it. Most of the Christians around the table just could not cope. They were like, no, no, I, no, you don't have to pay for me. Don't be silly. And I'm sitting there going, this guy wants to serve you. Just say thank you. Say thank you and accept it. But it's so humbling to us. And that's true in our relationship with God too. Let your relationship with God this year operate on a thank you level. <laughs> 